you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Romans chapter number one, and what wonderful singing there was this morning. And I hope now you're ready to get back to the basics of what God's Word teaches. Uh, we've been following this series the last, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, six weeks or so, and we've been learning what are the basics of what the Bible teaches. And we've learned the basics of the Christian life include uh, understanding and knowing our Bible. It includes a time of prayer and talking with God. Uh, we learned that some of the basics of the Christian life, including learning what giving is all about and how to give. We've talked about having a life of love. In fact, two weeks ago, we said that the distinguishing mark of any Christian is displaying a life of love, loving others. And, uh, and so if you really want to show others that you have been changed, if you really want to show them uh, what it means to be a Christian, the Bible teaches us that the basic thing that you need to do is love them. And as we display a life of love, then we show them uh, Christ's love in us and really what the Bible teaches about that. And this morning, we're going to conclude this series with a life of faith. Now, I'm not trying to be uh, exaggerative. I don't even know if that's a word. I'm not trying to exaggerate this, but perhaps in the, all the series that we've been learning so far in the last six weeks, I think that today's focus and today's message might be the most important. I think if you haven't gotten a whole lot from the last messages, then I hope that this morning... Uh, you'll understand the heart of this morning's message and not just the heart, the truths of what the Bible says when it comes to a life of faith. So Romans chapter number one, and if you're joining us, by the way, through the live stream, we, I do want to welcome you and, and I hope you have your Bible open, uh, whether it be uh, in, a, in a physical copy of the word of God, or uh, perhaps if it's on your iPad or phone, uh, either way, I, I want to encourage you to uh, open up the word of God or Romans chapter one. And uh, for those that are here and maybe you don't have a Bible uh, with you this morning, that's okay. We do have the scriptures that are going to be on the screen and uh, that way you can follow along as we study God's word together. And it's, uh, it's the reason that we come together uh, when we come to church. It's so we can, uh, we can edify one another, so we can encourage one another. That's what church is all about. But it's also that we can study God's word together. And so uh, Romans chapter 1 is a passage that we're going to be studying. And if you don't know much about the book of Romans, it's a letter from the apostle Paul to the Christians that were at Rome. And uh, he's talking about he's wanting to go and visit them. But uh, as he's really introducing himself, he hasn't really met these Christians there at Rome. He's, he's introducing who he is and uh, talking a little bit about why he wants to visit them. But then throughout the rest of the letter, he kind of gives them a little bit about what a life of faith is all about. Now, this morning, we don't have time to read all 16 chapters of uh, this letter, and I'm sure you're thankful about that. We're, we're not going to do that, but we do want to study a few of the verses, really two of the verses in this very first chapter of Romans as, as Paul is uh, introducing himself, because it's really the key of understanding the rest of the book. It's really key to understanding this life of faith. So if you would, let's, uh, let's read there Romans chapter number one, verses number 16 and verse number 17. Paul writes this, he says, for I am not ashamed 
of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. This morning, we're going to really dive into that last phrase, the just shall live by faith. But before we do that, why don't we pause here and ask God to enlighten us and fill us with his spirit as we study his word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that you've allowed us to to be in your house once again. We thank you, Father, because this morning we have the freedom that comes in Christ. We have the freedom, Father, that we have found in you. And I pray that as we study this passage, as we look at what it means to have a life of faith, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, that we would be able to not only understand the truth of your word, but that we'd be able to live it out, that we'd be able to make it something part of our life, that it wouldn't just be something that we know as theory in our head, but something practical, something that we can use every day and something that uh, we can really live out. And so, Father, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit and that I'd be able to communicate this message this morning and that Through the preaching of your word, we'd all be edified, we'd all be encouraged, we'd all be challenged, and that as a result of studying your word, we'd draw closer to you. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, faith is the means by which we please God and live the Christian life from beginning to end. Faith is what allows us to please God in all that we do from the beginning to the end of our Christian life. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's how important faith is. Without it, you cannot please God. You cannot come to God. You cannot serve God. You cannot pray to God without faith. Faith is this foundational truth that we all must realize that we, we need to have in our life if we're going to please God. And in fact, without faith, you can do nothing. You can do nothing without faith in the Christian life. It kind of reminds me, if you want to think about it this way, it kind of reminds me of a vehicle. Now, if you have a vehicle, uh, you can have gas in the tank, right? You need gas in the tank if that car is going to move anywhere, right? Uh, you need wheels that are not flat. You can put tires there on your vehicle. You can have gas in your tank, and, and you need both of those things if this car is going to move. Yet, if you have tires on the car and you have gas in the tank, but you're missing the keys, it really doesn't matter how much gas you have and how good your tires are, the car is not going to move. It's not going to go anywhere. Though the potential is there, though it has a, a, a lot of possibilities to do something, without the keys, nothing's going to happen. The same is true in your Christian life. You can know a lot about the Bible. You can come to church. You can... Uh, You can have all of these religious ceremonies that you follow after in your life, but without faith, really, 
there's nothing that's going to happen. There's no transformation. There's no change. There is nothing that can happen of God working in your life without faith. It's the keys that turn on the Christian life. So this morning we want to unpack then what does Paul mean when he says the just shall live by faith. What, do you see? what, what is he talking about? Who is he talking about? Well, first of all, let's, let's unpack this slowly. Number one, he says the just. So we're going to look at the person of this faith. He's, he's talking about faith in verse number 16. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So he says, uh, this thing of faith is connected to the gospel. You say, what is the gospel? The gospel is uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the message that we celebrate at Christmas that God sent his only begotten son to this earth. And he sent him for a reason. And the reason is because we needed someone to save us from our sin. That's why Jesus is known as the Savior. In fact, the first time that this guy by the name of John, uh, the, the scriptures call him John the Baptist, the first time he saw him, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He was saying this is the Savior. And so we're looking at this faith, this gospel message that requires faith. And, and then Paul writes to these Christians and says, I want you to understand the just shall live by faith. Now, who is the just? Well, who's the person of this faith? Uh, what is and who is the just? Who's that person that is just? Is it someone that does good works? Is it someone that looks really good? I mean, what, what does that word uh, just even mean? Well, the Greek word here is the Greek word dikaos, which literally means innocent or holy. All right, so he's saying the just, he's saying that person that is innocent, that is holy. We might say it this way, the person that is righteous, All right? Someone that is righteous is one that we would say is just. Okay, now what does righteousness mean or what does it mean to be righteous? Because the Bible uses this word a lot. It uses the word righteous. And if you want to make a really simple definition, it means someone that has no sin. That's a really simple definition of someone that is just. It's someone that has no sin. Someone that no one, uh, that someone can say he has no blemish on his record of ever doing wrong. Now, if you want to know if you're just, uh, you can just kind of start asking yourself, well, well what is just and what is holy? Uh, we don't have time to go through all of the Old Testament, but maybe at some point throughout this week, you can, you can read a little bit of it yourself. The second book of the Bible is called Exodus. And in Exodus chapter 20, there are 10 things that God gave the children of Israel so they would know if they were just or not. And really not just for Israel, it's for all of us. It's just for mankind to know if we're just or not. He says, uh, the person that is holy, the person that is just, he said, one of those things is uh, someone that doesn't lie. So I have to ask, have you ever told a lie? Well, if you've told at least one lie, the Bible says you have a blemish on your record. That means you're not just. The, the, the Bible says in the first commandment there, he says the person that is just, the person that is holy has no other gods before God. In other words, there's nothing more important to them than God Almighty. Now, have you ever had some time in your life where you've maybe made your job more important than 
God. Maybe your family more important than God. The Bible says if you've ever done that and you've chosen that over God, then the Bible says you're not just. You're not righteous. The Bible says if you have any other gods before God, then you're not righteous. The Bible says the sixth commandment says honor your father and your mother. So if you've ever disobeyed mom and dad while you're growing up, the Bible says you have a blemish on your record. You're not just. Because you see, the person that is judged just is someone that is righteous. Now, let's look of what the Bible says when it uses the word righteous. Look at Romans chapter 3. It's there in your notes. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 9. It says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves. By the way, you steal, that makes you a thief. Nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. He says that's, that's what the unrighteous do. So if you do any of those things, if you've even done one of those things, that makes you unrighteous. Now it's interesting that Paul writes to these people there at Rome and he's saying the just shall live by faith. The just, are they just? Am I just? I mean, then is he talking about me or who is he talking about? What we have to say, okay, we understand what unrighteousness means, what the, the, the one that, that has nothing uh, against, no blemish on his record, but, but the Bible's saying there is no one like that. I mean, is there anyone that's ever lived on this earth, that's ever been here, that has never done any of those things? Well, let's look what the Bible says. If you go to Hebrews chapter number four, it says this, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Who is this? Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession then. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So the Bible says, there has been one that was on this earth that never sinned. There has been one that came as a baby and lived 33 and a half years and never had a blemish on his record. That one could say he is just, that he is righteous. In fact, in Mark chapter 10, somebody asked Jesus this. He said, um, uh, good master, and, and Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. You say, why did Jesus say that? He was trying to say, number one, God is good. And if you're calling me good, it's because I'm God. That's a passage that proves that Jesus is God. And Jesus said, I am that righteous one. I am the one that has no blemish. So Paul is saying, the just, that is the person that is righteous, shall live by faith. Now we've established, but we're not that just. So who is Paul talking? Is he talking to Jesus? Is he talking about Jesus? Because the word just is the one that's without sin, the one that is righteous. Well, let me just say this morning, he's not talking about Jesus. He's talking to the people there at Rome. Well, how in the world are they just if they're not perfect? If the Bible, I mean, just a, a little bit later in that same letter, Paul says there's none righteous. But he's calling them righteous or just. How is that even possible? 
simply this. It's they have been made righteous through Jesus Christ. You see there in that first chapter, Paul says and tells them, you are saints and you are just, you are righteous because of Jesus Christ. Christ. In other words, the way that we become righteous is not by our good works or by our good intentions because we've broken the law, because we're, we have blemishes on our record. We're not perfect. So we, we, we are not just in and of ourselves, but we can become just. But we don't become just or righteous through our works. In fact, Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to look at that in a little bit Later, Ephesians chapter 2 tells us it can't be by works because then we'd be able to boast. We'd be able to say, look how good I am. And how many works would it require for me to say how good I am? So here it is. Paul is writing to these people there in Rome that he calls righteous. Not righteous because of their works, but righteous because of Jesus Christ. In fact, let's just look what the Bible says. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 once again in verse number 11. We already saw verse 9 and 10 that says, this is what the unrighteous do. And if we've ever lied or been covetous or even stolen even just the smallest thing, we're, we're unrighteous. But notice what he said in verse number 11. And such were some of you. He said, but ye are washed. Ye are sanctified. Ye are justified. That means made righteous in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. So Paul says, listen, the way that you become righteous is through Jesus Christ. Now, how does that happen? How does Jesus give us his righteousness? Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, for he hath made him, and that's Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin. The only one that ever uh, could say, on this earth, I have never sinned. I've never done anything wrong with Jesus. He never knew sin. But God made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. Why? So that we might be made the righteousness of God. You see, Jesus going to the cross isn't just a story about a guy laying down his life like some soldier in a war. It's beyond that. It's greater than that. You see, Jesus gave his life on the cross for the unrighteous. Who are the unrighteous? You and I that have sin in our life. We have been made unrighteous. But God sent his righteous son. And on that cross, he became sin for us. Why? So that we could have now his righteousness. In other words, while we were covered in sin. Jesus had his righteousness there in heaven. And when he came down to this earth, he took this sin of ours and he did away with it. And we're able to put on the righteousness of God in our life so that God can look at us and say, now you're righteous. You say, but how? I mean, I've, I've sinned before. I've stolen before. I know, I know. I'm not saying because of your good works. I'm saying you're righteous because you have Jesus now. And he's given you his righteousness. That's why the Bible says there in Romans chapter 10, later in the letter, chapter 10, verse 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
He's made righteous for us. Look at Titus chapter 3. I love this passage. Titus chapter 3. Starting there in verse number 3, you'll see it in your notes. The Bible says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, that's when Jesus came, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Lord, that being justified, that's being made righteous by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So who is Paul talking about when he says the just shall live by faith? The just are those that have been made righteous through Jesus Christ. Those that have called upon the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive them of their unrighteousness and that his righteousness might be in them. So the question is this morning, have you been made righteous? Say, oh, I, I go to church. Well, remember, it's not by works. You don't be made, you can't become righteous by church. In fact, in the passages that we read, it didn't even say the word church. It didn't even talk about church. It didn't even talk about loving your neighbor. It didn't even talk about giving money in the offering. The only way that you and I can become righteous is through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. There is no other way. So we see that the person of this faith is the one that's been justified. But notice what he says about this. He says, the just shall live. It's interesting here because now we know who he's talking about. But then he says, shall live. He, he talks about the power of this faith. Now, let's, let's just think about these two words, shall live, just for a moment. We know who the just are now. It's those that have been made righteous by God. And now he's saying, those that have been made righteous by God shall live. I love that those two words, shall live. Those are important words, right? I mean, if someone were to ask you, shall you live or shall you die? You're probably going to choose shall live, right? We, we all want to stay alive. We, 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 we want life. We, we enjoy life. We, we desire to have life. And Paul is telling these people in Rome, those that have been made righteous shall live. Now, there's an implication here, right? There's, a, there's something, a truth that is implied here. That means if you've not been made righteous, you're not alive. Now, I can go through different scriptures this morning where the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. That because we are sinners, we are born condemned by God. That at the end of our life, if we've never been made righteous, we will pay for the sins that we have committed. Because we are sinners. And the payment of sin is death. So without being made righteous today, you are dead. But the moment that the righteousness of God is laid in, on your life, suddenly you shall live. That's why the Bible says, for whosoever shall believe in the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever 
believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, there is no living without faith in Jesus. None. He's the only way. This is important for us to understand because this is what Paul is talking about. He's saying, now the just here are those that have been made righteous. Now they can live. They've been made alive. See, the power of this faith is that it gives us a start in life. It gives us the start of life. Where once we were dead, now we've been made Alive, the gospel message that Paul is talking about is the beginning of a new life. In fact, look in your notes there in Ephesians chapter 2. He says this, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened. Now, I know that's a word we don't really use today. That word quickened means to be made alive again. He's given us new life together with Christ. And then it says, by grace, ye are saved. It's the grace of God. In other words, God's love for us that he sent his son to give us righteousness so that what? So that we might have life because we were dead. And this morning, if you've not had the righteousness of God come into your life, the Bible says you are dead, but you can have life. You see, Jesus died for you and for me. It's important to understand, if you want life, and I'm talking about real life, you ever heard someone say, oh, come on, get a life. That's a great saying. That's a biblical saying, get a life. In other words, get Jesus, all right? Now you get Jesus and you'll know what life is all about. You'll, you'll see that life is so much more joyful than we can make it. Because Jesus is the one that gives us a start of life. When we've been justified, when we've been made righteous. But the other thing I like about these two words is that they're not really a past tense. It's not this faith will just give you a nice life and good luck with the rest of the years you got left over. No, these words shall live are active and present as well as future and continuing. So in other words, the power of this faith is that it gives you a start of life, but then it also gives you the sustaining of that life. It gives you the sustaining of that life. You see, the faith of the gospel is one that starts life and then sustains it as you go. We're not given life and then said, uh, uh, God didn't say, well, hey, here's eternal life. Here's righteousness. And let's just see how good you can do it now on your own. I've made you now and I've given you the righteousness of Christ. So, so now let's just see how you do it. No. The Bible says he gives us the righteousness of Jesus Christ and then helps us to live in that righteousness because you can't live in the righteousness on your own. That's why Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. He's not saying without my presence. He's saying without my power. So the faith, the faith of the just gives them new life but it also gives them sustaining life. It allows them to live out that righteousness. Look at Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It's there in your notes. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. 
Listen to what Paul says. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said, listen, not only did God give me his righteousness, but now he's helping me live in that righteousness. You see, I was dead in my sin and Jesus gave me new life. And now I'm living, but not really me by myself. I'm actually living by the faith of the Son of God. By Jesus sustaining me and empowering me and carrying me. Now, that's the way I live. That's how I live righteously. Not because I'm so good. In fact, I'm not good at all. My thoughts are not good thoughts. My intentions are mostly selfish. Easily I can start judging other people. Because that's what sin does. That's what unrighteousness does. I start envying what people have and coveting what they have. And, and that's just what unrighteousness creates in me. But when we have the righteousness of God, all of that can be overcome if we live by faith. That's why Paul said, now the just, those that have been made righteous, shall live. It's something that starts, but then continues. It's a faith that gives you new life and then sustains you with that life. So now let's just look at the last few words here. So we know the just, who he's talking about. We know that he's saying shall live. Okay, we know what he's talking about there. He's, he's, he's talking about the new life that we've been given. And then he says, they shall live by faith. Now, this is the practice that he's talking about. You see, faith has a person. It has a power that comes with it, but there's also a practice of faith. This is why it's foundational. This is why it's basic for every Christian to understand what a life of faith is all about. You see, this is the key to the message this morning. You see that all of the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ coming to this earth and dying on the cross for my sin and your sin is to be received and lived by faith. You receive that message by faith. You live that message by faith. But you say, man, you've been using the word faith a lot. What does that even mean? Well, what does it literally mean to have faith? Really simple. You, you know what? I didn't even put this in, the, in, in your notes because I thought it was really way too easy because all you have to write is belief. Just put faith equals belief. Faith equals belief. If you really want to know what is faith means, that's what biblically, that's what the word means there in the Bible. It's the Greek word uh, 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 pistos, which means belief. So in other words, you can substitute the word faith with belief. In other, you can say, the, the just shall live by believing. The just shall live by believing. Believing what? Oh, what is this faith? Belief. What is this belief? Well, we said the way we got new life was believing, right, by faith, believing the message of the gospel. So it wasn't by doing, it's by believing. So if you're believing the gospel, we have new life. And then 
If you're going to continue in that life, you're going to need to have faith. So what is the practice of this believing? Well, number one, it's believing God's word. A life of faith is not just believing what's convenient or what I feel is nice. It's believing what God says. Faith isn't the results of research. Well, I've done research and this is what I found. Faith is not about research. It's about what God says. True faith is founded upon what God says. It's not founded upon what I say as the pastor. It's not what a religious leader would say. The imam or the priest or anyone else. No, no, no. It's not based on that. Truth is not based on that. It's based on what God says. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. Believing. Faith is believing the truth. What is the truth? What Jesus says. What God's word says. Now, this is, this is important. Because the practice of your faith depends on you and I believing what God says. What God says about forgiveness. What God says about our attitudes. What God says about our actions. What God says about sexuality. What God says about marriage. What, what God says about friendships. What God says about babies. Listen, the Bible has uh, something to say about everything in our life. What, it's, uh, what the Bible says about discouragement and depression and anxiety. Listen, the, God, the Bible talks about all of that. God has an opinion on all of that. And God says... What do you do in life when that happens? You live by faith. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, read that, uh, I read that this psychologist said, listen, faith is not about what a psychologist says. It's about what God says. Sometimes we want to overcome the problems in our life, but we want to do it without faith. We'd rather do it with studies and polls and everything else. Except what God says. And you can't overcome without faith. You want to get out of the anxiety. You want to get out of the depression. You want to get out of, of uh, uh, the, the, the darts that life is throwing at you. You want to overcome in your life. You need to have a life of faith. A life of believing. Believing what? Believing what God says. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. The life of faith, when Paul says the just shall live by faith, practice of that faith is believing what God has said. Now I want to add here that belief always affects our behavior. So the practice of our faith is believing what God says and following God's word. Do you know that in the, uh, in the Hebrew, the word for listen and obey is the same? Uh, we say in English, we say, now son, you need to listen and you need to obey me. In the Hebrew, they just say, you need to listen. And what's implied with the listen is obedience. In other words, if you don't obey, you didn't listen. 
Maybe you said that as a parent. Like, son, you're not hearing me. You're not listening. Yes, dad, I already, yeah, I'm going to take the garbage out. See, you're not listening. Because I'm asking you to take the garbage out now. Not a week from now. Not whenever you're done and, you know, beating that stage on whatever game you're playing. That, that's, that's not when. You're not listening. See, listening has implied with it obedience. And a life of faith, one that is practicing their faith, that is living by faith, is one that is believing what God says and then following what God has said. In fact, James chapter 2, verse 18, this is the way James said it. He was the first pastor there in Jerusalem of the first church. And, and he says this, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. What was James talking about? He was talking about practical Christian living. There's a lot of people that, oh yeah, no, listen. Uh, I, 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 he, in fact, James, the illustration he uses there, if you read the chapter verse two, uh, uh, chapter two of, of James, you'll, you'll see that he's talking about a guy that, that's cold and shivering. And here's another guy that has an extra jacket. And he comes up to the guy that's cold and shivering and says, man, I see you're really cold and shivering. Oh, yeah, man, I'm cold. I'm freezing. I don't have a jacket. Oh, man, I'm going I'm to pray that God supplies that for you. I'll see you later. When the guy's wearing two jackets. James says, no, no, you see, someone that has faith would take off that jacket and give it to that person that's shivering, that extra jacket. Why? Because, you see, our faith affects our practice. That's why he's saying, so if somebody comes and says, well, I have faith, but nothing changes in their life. They don't do anything. They say, well, what kind of faith is that? That's a dead faith. Now, notice that James is not saying, I'm doing good works so that I can get faith. There are religions that would say, well, yes, Jesus died on the cross, but you also have to do this and this and this and go to church and give this and, and have all of these things so that now you can have eternal life. The Bible says, no, 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 no. Eternal life, you made, you've been made justified just by believing what God has said, not by my works. By my works, the Bible says, by works is no man justified. But when we have been justified and we've been made righteous, and we start living this faith, you see that that faith takes you to do certain things. So James simply says, if your faith is not leading you to make a difference in somebody else's life, you have a dead faith. That's not real faith. You don't really believe what God says, in other words. You're a contradiction. You're a walking contradiction. A Christian that says, oh yes, I, I believe God. I, I, I love God, but never does anything that God says. James says, you're a liar. You're fake. You're a hypocrite. Don't you see? You have no faith. Because faith leads us to practice something. This is why it's so foundational this morning for us to understand this. Those that have been made righteous by Jesus Christ will live by that faith. They will be given life and sustained in that life by believing and following what God says. So let's just hear the conclusion then this morning. Question number one, 
Have you been made righteous by Jesus Christ this morning? Are you believing that it's what he did on the cross and what he did alone that is saving you? Or are you believing, well, yeah, he died on the cross, but I have to do this and this and this. Then your faith is not really in Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus and me. Jesus then say, I am part of the way and your works, the other part of the way to everlasting life. Jesus said, I'm the only way. It's only my work. It's not my work and your work. We're not, we're not splitting the load here, okay? So the question is, have you been made righteous by putting your faith in Jesus and Jesus alone today? And if you have, then whose power are you living in? Because you see, the power that gave you that new life is the power that's going to sustain you. By the way, it is possible to be a Christian and live in your own power. That's why the Apostle Paul told the Christians at Ephesus, don't be controlled by something else other than the Holy Spirit. Because you can be controlled by other things. You can be controlled by bitterness and envy and resentment and depression and discouragement. You can get, get controlled by that. And he says, don't let those things control you. Be controlled by the Holy Spirit. So what power are you living that faith in? And then... Is your life reflecting a practice of faith? Is your life reflecting what faith has done for you and what faith does through you? This morning, my encouragement is simple. Paul said, the just shall live by faith. This morning, I wonder, what are we living by? What are you living your Christian life by? Is it something that you're living on your own? Or something that you're living by faith in Jesus Christ? What I want to encourage us to do as a church this morning, or those that maybe are tuning in on the live stream, is simply say, you know what, starting today, I'm living by faith. I'm not going to make it all about what I have done, but what he has done. And in that faith, I'm going to believe what God says in his word, and I'm going to follow it. Even if it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, like, you know, this thing of if you want to be a leader, you got to serve others. Ah, that seems a little bit backwards. But if God says it, I'll believe it, and I'll just do it. It seems a little bit backwards that when someone is hating you and persecuting you and mistreating you for you to love them, that sounds a little bit backwards. But if God says it, I'm just going to do it. Because the just, and I've been made righteous, will live by faith. Let's live by faith this week. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word, for your truth. How important it is for us to realize that a life of faith is the only life that will ever please you. It's the only life that really allows us to experience what life is really all about. And so I, I ask, Father, that as we think about what we have been challenged through your word on, this wonderful truth that the just shall live by faith, Oh, I ask that you would help us this morning to live in that faith.
Help us not to try to live on our own or through our own power. Oh, I pray that we would live by faith. With every head bowed and every eye closed, perhaps you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what, Pastor? That first point is something that's really spoken to me. To be honest, if I look at my life, I cannot say that I've been made righteous through Jesus Christ. In fact, I thought that if I just did enough good things, I could become a good person and become righteous on my own. But I'm realizing that the Bible says that righteousness is through Jesus and Jesus alone. And this morning, Pastor, I want to put my faith in Jesus alone. I don't want to put it in Jesus and the church or Jesus and the works or Jesus and anything else, but in Jesus alone and what he did on the cross for me. Pastor, would you pray for me? I just want to make a decision to accept Christ as my Savior and let him become my righteousness. Is there anyone like that that would say, just pray for me, Pastor? That's a decision I want to make this morning. Nobody's looking around. Nobody is, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. I just want to pray for you. I want to celebrate with you. Is there anyone like that that says, just pray for me? I need the righteousness of God in my life. Amen. Then perhaps this morning you're saying, you know what, Pastor? I already have been made righteous, but I haven't been living by this faith. Pastor, would you just pray for me? I want to live by faith. I, I want the power of God in my life, and I want to do what God says. I want to live in the righteousness that he's given me. Would you just pray for me that this week I could live my life by faith and faith alone? Just pray for me. Is there anyone like that? Just, say, just raise your hand. I, I just want to pray for you. Say, hey, Pastor, pray for me. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see those hands. Saying, God bless you, I see those hands. Live by faith. Father, this morning, I've seen hands, and I pray for each and every person, my hand included, saying we need to live more by faith. It's so easy sometimes, Father, to, to live this life and get in a routine where we're no longer living by faith, we're just living by routine. Well, I pray that this week wouldn't be like that. I pray that we would be able to love one another and forgive one another and truly live what your word teaches because we have faith in you. Father, I pray that you'd be with every heart. We wouldn't be resisted to your word, but that we would be submissive to your word. And that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we could be controlled in every area of our life to live in a way that would honor and glorify you. So, Father, be with us throughout this week, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.